Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. Village has no electricity, and Ella is feeling terrible after speaking to the Lord and Lady of the Frost. The twins are determined to help. Can they do it alone? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Power cut. Joel woke cold. He rolled out of bed, grabbing Jasmine's foot, which was sticking out from under her cover. It was cold, and as Joel hit the floor, Jasmine yelped and sat upright. She reached for their bedside lamp and clicked the switch. Nothing happened. She tried again, then again. Bold must have been gone. Joel leapt from the freezing floor and tried the main light switch, but nothing happened. Power's out, Jasmine said, stretching, yawning, then getting out of bed, walking to the door and opening it, looking up and down the hall. They were the first up, as usual, but there wasn't anything electric happening anywhere. Cool, Joel said, and they bounded into Tom's room and woke him with a tickle attack which he didn't appreciate. When they told him about the power cut, he sat bolt upright. Do you think it's them, the Lord and Lady of the Frost? The twins stared at him, then at each other, then frowned. Do you really think they can do electricity and that sort of thing? They can do snow, Joel. I think electricity is a bit easier than that, Jasmine replied, going over to the window. It had snowed again. The world looked as though the blanket of snow were too heavy for it this time. Let's go and see what the book says. Tom was out of bed and putting on his slippers and dressing gown. The twins had forgotten these and already couldn't feel their toes. They went into Ella's room. Jasmine, forgetting, tried to turn on the light. But once Joel had opened the curtains, they could see all right. Ella's face was pale. She was asleep, lying straight on the bed, like a princess in a book. Tom was about to wonder aloud whether they should wake her when Joel shook her shoulder. Wake up, Ella. Where's the book? We need to look at it. Ella's eyes opened and looked around at them blankly, as though she didn't know them, as though she were a stranger. Tom felt a chill. The book, Ella, Jasmine said urgently. There's a power cut. We need to know what we have to do today. Ella opened her lips and managed two words. Coat pocket. Tom ran for the door and went to get it. Ella felt as though she was ice skating but out of control, spinning on the ice. Her whole body felt cold and she shivered. Tom dashed back into the room, waving the book. He opened it. They were surprised when he started right from the beginning. When the Lord and Lady of the Frost, their horses, tall and pale, come riding high, proud and cold, the ice and winter shall prevail. Set guardians on compass points when the snow falls thick and deep. 
Hide and gather as the raven cries, safe your friends and flocks to keep. Next, let each home homestead mark its boundary, a sign of warmth against the cold. Hold fast to joy and bright spring hope, lest the frost creep in and take its hold. Then this is probably today. The picture is of a night sky or something. Forces dark and hard will assail you, making strange the place you live. Then the rest is, faces new will come among you to prove the welcome that you give. Then the flashing, crashing power darkens skies and darkens minds. Then the theft of something precious may be never more to find. Stand strong and keep these words close Guardians for of future Thor, let not strife nor faith divide you, or winter will last half a century more. Forces dark and hard will assail you, Jasmine said, pondering. Where's the bit that tells us what to do? Joel said, pouncing onto Tom and grabbing the book. Ella sat up sharply in bed. Careful! Joel rolled his eyes, flipped through the pages and found the next line again. Making strange the place you live, he frowned. That's not really helpful, is it? But Ella started coughing then sank back onto the pillow. Tom looked at her with a frown. Are you okay, Ella? Ella was not. She felt the way you do when you're deep in a cold, as though your brain is encased in a large snowdrift. The bedroom door opened and Dad came in. The power's out, Dad said. We know, the kids said, without Ella. Dad laughed. All right, geniuses, you tell me how I'm going to make Mum a cup of tea then. He caught sight of Ella. Are you feeling all right, sweetheart? Did you stay out too long by the bonfire? The bonfire. As Ella lay with her head on the pillow, everything came rushing back to her. The lady of the frost who had breathed on her and laughed at her, who had said that she, Ella, was going to become like that cold, mysterious lady. She gave a little moan. You stay in bed now. Ella Bella, it's definitely the warmest place. You lot, let's find something for breakfast. Wait, Ella said. I need to say something first. Kids only. Dad raised his eyebrows and left. Ella screwed up her eyes and looked at the others. Something cold and dark inside her was trying to stop her telling them. Something made her feel as though they didn't deserve to know. Part of her was fighting. She could feel it. Part of her wanted the frost, the cold, the power and darkness of winter magic. But there was still enough of Ella left, and that part of her was determined. Her face reddening as she spoke, she told them exactly what had happened. And now I feel so strange... I know she has done something to me. I can feel it, though I don't understand it. There was a moment of silence. Then Joel let out a long breath. 
Tom jumped onto the bed, threw his arms around Ella and covered her in kisses. Jasmine looked angry and Ella, catching her expression, felt as though she was about to be told off. But when Jasmine exploded, it wasn't at Ella. How dare she! Jasmine clenched her fists and then swung them wildly, unable to contain just how cross she was. How dare she do that to my sister? Do you think we can stop it? Joel said, looking ready to build a thousand snowmen or collect a million teapots if that was necessary. I don't know, Ella said, but as she did, she cautiously examined how she was feeling inside. It was a bit better. Telling the others was the right thing to do. Breakfast, Dad shouted from downstairs. Cold breakfast. You stay here, Tom said fiercely to Ella. I'm going to look after you. Doesn't sound like we've got much to do today anyway, Joel said. Just that they will make this place strange, and they have. He tried the light switch one more time. Breakfast, or cereal and milk, was over quickly. Dad came in when they were done to say the phone lines were down and the internet too. The kids looked at each other and gulped. I can't work and I can't get anywhere in this, Dad said. I'm going to go and see if anyone needs any help. I'm sure Mr Brinton will be doing something. I sent him a message on my phone, but I don't have much battery left. We'll come, Jasmine said, trying to spread some hard butter onto bread. It didn't go well. Dad nodded. The kids knew the plan without having to speak about it. Tom would keep an eye on Ella. The twins would have a look around the village. Mum gave Ella some medicine and a lot more bed covers. Without TV or anything, Tom started to read to her. He tried to choose the most summery, most warm stories he could find. Ella lay in bed and hardly moved. The words seemed to be coming to her from far away. Tom reached and took her hand, reading and turning the pages awkwardly with the other. Ella found their point of warmth and contact as an anchor, holding her, stopping her from going too far. The snow was deeper than ever before. It was hard work to walk through and it took Dad and the twins much longer than usual to get into the centre of the village. When they got to the shop, Dad walked in. They found Mr Brinton huddled over a fire pit burning some dry wood. He had an ancient looking kettle on top of a grill. When he turned to them, his face was still grumpy. What a lot of good your fire did last night, eh, kids? We could have done with all that dry wood today. Dad looked completely surprised, and Joel and Jasmine hid behind him a bit. This wasn't the friendly shopkeeper they all knew. Don't worry, Bob. I'm sure we can look after everyone anyway, and it was good to have some cheer, eh? Warming water is a good idea. Are you going to make hot drinks for people? Mr Brinton sniffed. They can make their own. Are you buying, Paul? Dad gave the twins a glance, 
then stocked up on a few warming things like chocolate and a bag of kindling. There weren't many left and there was no way deliveries would get through in the snow. Then the three of them went around the village, helping anyone who needed anything. By the time they got all the way to Mrs Mondoli's house, they had dug out paths to doors, shared around some spare blankets, helped a couple of people move into the same house to save heat, and a thousand other little things that you would never think of. When they got to Mrs Mondoli, she was throwing bird seeds out of the window to rest on the snow. Do you need anything? Dad asked. Mrs Mondoli smiled. Oh no, dears, I've known this was coming for a very long time now. She smiled at them. I've even got hot water, if you want anything. A tea? Dad, who had a flask, accepted for Mum, then wandered back towards home. Mum was glad of the tea. She had dug out an old camping stove and they had warm beans with cheese on bread for lunch, which in the moment was much nicer than it sounds. Ella even came down, though she was very wrapped up and didn't eat much. After lunch, the twins told the others all about what they had seen outside. It's as though the village is completely cut off from the outside world, Joel said, almost excitedly. Just like it would be if our village had 50 years of winter, I suppose, Tom said quietly, and Joel quietened. Well, we're not going to let that happen, Jasmine proclaimed fiercely. We're the guardians of the Thor, right? And we're definitely not going to let that stupid Lord and Lady of the Frost get us. Except, Ella thought privately, and maybe Tom did too as he gave her a glance, except that, for her, they already had. A different understanding was passing between the twins. There had been quite enough doing challenges and fighting unseen battles and the Lady of the Frost getting Ella. The twins, the mighty twins, Joel and Jasmine, were going to go and stop them once and for all. They knew that the others wouldn't agree, so pretended to be going sledging. But if Tom hadn't been so focused on looking after Ella, now surrounded by duvets and blankets on the sofa, he might have seen the glint in their eyes. Behind the Fenton house, a little way out of the village, was the copse, the small group of trees where Ella and Tom had seen the Lord and the Lady of the Frost up close for the first time. Joel and Jasmine pushed their way through the snow until they got there. The Lord and Lady of the Frost weren't there, but Jasmine had an idea. She climbed up onto a tree stump, pushing snow out of the way first. Hello, she shouted, her voice muffled by the snow around. She tried again, louder. Hello! It wasn't as loud as she wanted, but it would have to do. Lord and Lady of the Frost, it's us. We're the guardians of the Thor and we want to speak to you. Come here now. The sound disappeared as soon as she had finished, whereas the cops usually provided a sort of echo. She climbed down, a bit disappointed. Let's make snowballs, Joel said, and she joined in partly to have something to do to keep herself warm. 
She threw a couple at Joel, who threw a few back. But soon they found themselves making a whole mound of them, piling it high. Then there was a sound like wind or like someone moving through the bushes that you can't see. The twins looked up and there in front of them were the Lord and Lady of the Frost. Jasmine didn't hesitate. She reached for a snowball and then another and then another and pelted them at the riders. Joel joined in and they threw and threw before they looked up to see what was happening. The Lord of the Frost had raised a hand and the snowballs stopped in the air before they reached them. They turned to ice, then fell to the floor. Jasmine dismissed that idea easily and stood up as straight as she could. Go away from our village and stop whatever you've done to our sister. We are the guardians of the Thor and we won't let you do it. Yeah, Joel added, then wished he hadn't. The Lord of the Frost raised an eyebrow. You have identified yourselves now, guardians. You have come to face us with only half your number. You are foolish. Jasmine thought his voice sounded so cold, like the bottom of a frozen lake or ice cream that was too hard to scoop. She felt the cold inside her, fighting the hope she had mustered, fighting the fire that burned inside. Go away, she said, and found that tears were running down her face. Just go away. We'll win anyway. Then the Lady of the Frost started to laugh, and it was horrible. Maybe you would have won amusing children, she said. Maybe if you had stuck to the book, if Ella had conquered the ice in her heart, if you had stayed together and true. But it is too late for that now. Much too late, the Lord of the Frost said gravely. The winter will stay, and so will you. He lifted an arm. Joel threw a last snowball, which the Lord of the Frost ignored, then grabbed Jasmine to run, but it was too late. The Lord of the Frost spoke. Come tree, come bough, come ice, form now. Let ancient cold contain children bold. Then the Lord and Lady of the Frost's horses whinnied. And they rose on their hind legs and then turned and raced away. Joel and Jasmine clutched at each other and then they looked around them. They were trapped, trapped in a cage made of branches and ice. They tried to beat it, hit it, even melt it with their hands, but it stayed and they were trapped. Up in the house, not so very far away, Ella dozed and Tom sat by her, but he was growing more and more uneasy. As we know, Tom noticed things, and sometimes he noticed things without really knowing what they were, and now was one of those times. Suddenly, he couldn't bear it any more. He shook Ella. Ella! His voice was terrified enough to wake her, and she sat up. It's the twins! he said. I don't know, but... Ella was off the sofa. 
For the first time that day, her mind was working, turning, and she felt as though she knew what they had done. And in fact, she guessed right. We've got to find them, she said, rushing to get some clothes on. Tom was relieved. They were out of the house only moments later, and luckily the twins' tracks were still fresh and easy to follow through the snow. They hurried along them in the fading light. As they got closer, they heard something. At first it sounded like moans, and then as they got closer still, they realised it was a football chant, sung over and over, unmistakably by the twins, who must be trying to get someone to notice them. It sounded desperate. Tom and Ella hurried and ducking in between the trees. They then gasped. They saw the cage and the twins, pale, jumping up and down to keep warm. They managed weak smiles. I'm so sorry, Ella, Jasmine said, her voice a lot smaller than usual. I, I thought we could do it on our own. I'm, I'm so sorry. Joel told the story quickly and told of all the ways they had tried to escape. Tom had been stomping around the perimeter of the cage and now he came back to them. He smiled at them. We can get rid of it now, he spoke confidently. Joel, Jasmine, weren't you listening? You couldn't do it before because it was two of you. But now we're all here, the four guardians of the Thor, all of us. What do we do then, smarty pants? Joel said, looking hopeful. Tom shrugged. Maybe we can just tell it to go away and give it a good shake. It's worth a try. He took hold of the edge of the cage and the twins did too. Ella hesitated a moment before she did. Was she a guardian or had she changed? She remembered the Lady of the Frost's words, you will become like us. Then she saw Tom's face staring at her, full of fierce hope, and she put her hand onto the cage. As Tom opened his mouth to speak, she summoned up all the good, all the hope, all the warmth and family love she had, and brought it to burn brightly against the small corner of frost inside. Be gone, cage of frost, Tom said. As he did, Something like electricity jolted through all of their fingers and the cage began to glow orange and yellow and warm a little and then before their eyes it melted away. When it had disappeared, the Fentons were on top of each other in an instant, crying and laughing and sobbing and hugging. Ella sobbed the longest and couldn't stop for a long while. When she had clutched the cage... The hope and bright courage of her siblings had touched her too and the frost inside was gone. She was free. The four of them, now tired and spent, trudged back towards the house, half carrying and dragging each other. When they got close enough, they saw that the lights were on. Electricity was back. There would be a hot supper, hot baths, warm beds. Ella was free and they were together and for this moment that was enough. For today 
they had beaten the frost. The end. Thanks for listening. Can you draw a picture of what the cage would have looked like? Which Fenton child would you like to be? We'd love to hear. Don't forget, we've got lots of other series and stories available on the podcast full of adventure and fun. Thank you.